Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Catfish Corner. I am Paul Scarbina, the beat writer for the Predators for the Tennessee and USA Today Network. Uh, Anna Gallegos, who is our new, my new co-host, is not able to make it today. So we have an old co-host who's filling in, John Garcia. Hi, Paul. Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm just trying to get through. We got, what, a week until the time changes again and sunnier skies and warmer weather's coming on, and I'm, I'm just holding on. This is warm to me still in fe- for February. I'm, I'm okay with the, with the weather. It was sleeting last night. I, I still was warm to me. Mm. At this time of year, I'm used to you know a few inches of snow on the ground sure. and, and, and uh, temperatures in the single digits. But uh, enough about the weather. Uh, we we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, emergency backup goalies. I have e-bugs. e-bugs. I love me some e-bugs. I love the, I love that 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 you know that kind of. Uh, the, e- the e-bug just sounds cooler than an emergency backup goalie. But um, we'll talk about that, which uh, happened recently with the Hurricanes. Uh, we'll talk about the Predators, of course, um, who, as of this moment, we're recording this on a Thursday, they're about to play the Calgary Flames tonight. And the Predators, for the first time since November 13th, are in a playoff spot. And that'll be an important matchup for them, too, because they're uh, Calgary's right above them. They're right out there. there. Every, you know... It's it'll be interesting to see the Predators have a lot of games in hand on on teams around them in the playoff hunt, um, which we've talked about a million times. Doesn't mean anything if you don't win those games, but a win tonight would be huge. Um, but a loss tonight is not going to be devastating, and we'll get into why that is um, a little bit later in the show. Um, and also get uh, John Hines's thoughts, new, new Predators coach John Hines's thoughts on. You know, when he first, not long after he st- took over for Peter Lavalette, who, by the way, got a job the other yesterday. Yeah, he's back working for David Boyle. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Funny uh, how that works in hockey circles. Yeah, he's uh, going to be the head coach of the U.S. Uh, men's national team at, at the uh, international ch- uh, championships in, I think, Switzerland. So he's going to go to Switzerland after all, too. The Predators are going there next fall. I Peter wonder what Peter. that conversation was like. It's like, hey, man, I know I just canned you from our uh, professional team, but... Since you're you not doing job? anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, I obviously know that your schedule's wide and clear open. Yeah, and and, and, we, and look, we all, we all know that Peter's going to more, more than likely, if he so chooses, to have another job next season mm-hmm. or... Whenever, um, but it's not. He still hasn't returned my text message either. I was. Uh, I, I've heard that you're not the only one. Yeah, I am not the only one. So I, I I'm not alone in that boat. But that's okay. Um, but but you know what? We Peter's a great coach, and you know it's not. It was. It's a little bit. We're trying to be funny about it, but um, you know I think him and David Poyle still have a good relationship. You know David has a lot of respect for Peter, and uh, you know has not been known to change coaches midseason. Um, but so far, it has paid off for the Predators, and no doubt that Peter will, will go be a great coach somewhere else. But uh, so yeah, we got we got that on the docket, and uh, let, let's get into you know the emergency backup goalie thing um, is coincidentally two coincidences with that. One uh, most recently, so the day after David Ayers, uh, a forty-two-year-old um, kidney donor, kidney transplant recipient. And Toronto Maple Leafs employee, I guess technically or maybe not technically, a fan of the team drives a Zamboni, had a Maple Leaf shirt on, comes in for the Hurricanes in a, in a, in a game recently and uh, beats the Maple Leafs. Uh, just literally comes in out of the stands and puts on a uniform and some pads and plays professional hockey. Uh, an amazing story and one that's gotten a lot of people, um, you know, got their feel, you know, hit their feelings hard. Um, but also to, to the other side of that, um, 
kind of a, I think next week the, the NHLPA is meeting um, to talk, to discuss maybe possible changes to how the old e-bug system works. Now, how in case you don't know, every team has has an emergency backup goalie basically in the stands at every game in case and, and he's and he will play for either team if, if both goalies are hurt for for one team this guy will go play for that team well this so ha- just so happened to be um the hurricanes goalies both were injured and this guy came in from the stands and i think gave up a goal on his first two, first shots. two shots if i remember correctly yeah um calm down and this is not this is not to say being a goalie in the nhl is an easy thing but he actually won the game. Uh, and the crazy part about it, it's a cute story. It's a great story. It's unique to hockey, too. I mean, you can't imagine a quarterback coming in for an NFL game or, you know, a pitcher coming in from the stands for an MLB game. I don't understand. Like, John, I don't understand why that is the way it is. Like, you would think, okay, well, Matias Eckholm is a pretty big guy. Maybe he played goalie at some point in his life, and he's a professional athlete, and he understands, you know, he doesn't study the position maybe like a, an amateur would, but he's a professional athlete. Just like you say, you can bring in the outfielder to pitch or you can bring in the wide receiver to play quarterback. Um, the NHL is unique in that way, and they're actually talking about perhaps making changes to that. I don't know. So I'm curious about this, and obviously I – think that there are so many conspiracy theories about, oh, well, this happened to the Leafs, so now it's it's going to change. Well, right? I would have been, but the conspiracy to me would have been if the guy who was a Leafs fan comes in and plays for the Hurricanes, and it, mind you, this is in the middle of a pl- team's fighting yeah, for their playoff like leaves, lives. leaves the net or something like that. And just like, like <laughs> gives up 20 goals to the Maple Leafs and the team that he likes, and all of a sudden the Maple Leafs win and, you know, and it hurts the Hurricanes' playoff chances. I, that would be the conspiracy to me. Yeah. But like, so one thing that I'm curious about is what are the rules going to be, right? Like, what are they going to have? Have someone on retainer that has played professionally or through college or yeah, juniors or whatever. I can't to get imagine. In there. Like, you because, have to pay somebody, like, you know. And I, not only that, but uh, one of the reasons why this is so unique, and like you mentioned, Matias Ekholm. If Matias Ekholm goes down, there's five other guys in the lineup to be able to, to play, yeah, play to his get position those, right. Uh, yeah, exactly right. And like that happens a lot, right? P- players get injured. If it's a forward, there's eleven other dudes to do that with goalies, right? You have your backup. It's very, very, very rare for both of those backups to get. Like, there's one we were talking about before the show in Chicago last year. Scott Foster came in. And and, and I can remember a time... it could have been five years ago. It could have been three years ago. I don't exactly remember, but it was with the Panthers. I think Reimer was playing with the Panthers at this point. So another time that he's been involved in this. But Roberto Luongo got injured and couldn't play. And then Reimer looked like he or whoever the Florida Panthers goalie was at that time got injured again. And I remember seeing shots of Lou in his suit, like he had already changed and everything like that, on the bench asking if he like, needs to come in or anything like that. And they had the emergency backup ready to go. And I think that they were able to get uh, Reimer or someone else back in there. But, I mean, that's a handful of times in the last couple of years. It's not something that happens very often. No, it's not. It's not. But when it, do, but when it does, as is, is, is could have been the case the other night, there were some people who, you know, kind of made some waves about the possibilities of what could have happened. And, 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 and it didn't happen, but it also brought to the forefront, again, what could happen. Like, you know, teams in the middle of a playoff race, and and you you kind of don't have a choice in who your you know, who your guy is right like all right we're just gonna throw this guy in and I say off the street or out of the stands I mean literally out of the stands I know the guy who um, who who's the main emergency the main e bug we'll just use that term um, for the predators is that ninety percent of the games I give him two tickets to every game he's basically just sitting there on call right <coughs> excuse me and it could be you know he may never chances are he's never gonna get in a game. Um, but 
what if he were to get into a game that you know decides playoff? Like, what if he were to get into a game for the other team and the Predators need to win? And this guy all of a sudden, I'm not saying people would do that, but it opens itself up to you know the the perception, right? And perception can become reality. Where had this guy given up? Six goals on six shots. Maybe he's not trying real hard, or maybe he's just an amateur out of the stands who's playing NHL against NHL players. I mean, yeah, exactly. And I think within the first what maybe two minutes or the first play that Ayers had, he came out and played the puck in the corner. It's like, oh my god, like this is this is crazy. Like watching the highlights of that game was just phenomenal, right? It's a great look. And I'm a I'm a writer. I love great stories. I I, I was just telling I was telling you John before the show about a week before the Scott Foster stuff happened. I had gotten laid off from the Tribune and yeah, I was on the Blackhawk. On that story, right? And now. I was really pissed off that I wasn't there to cover that because it's a great story. Yeah. Um, but with those great stories sometimes come, you know, real kind. And I think a part of it too is, you know, I don't know if they're necessarily looking for wholesale changes in, 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 in the system. I talk with, with, um, with um, one of the Predators goalies who got called up when Pekka was sick um, and asked him, like, isn't it crazy that, you know, that you pull a guy out of the, st- like your job, like the, being a goalie in the NHL is one of the, I don't know, you could argue the hardest position to play in the NHL, right? The most demanding position to play in the NHL. And you're just bringing in random guy. like. But they're not really all that random. They all play, most of them played a pretty high level of amateur hockey. Most of them have a hockey background. Um, I think the, the the interesting thing with, with, with the Hurricanes case was the guy was 42 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not a 26-year-old kid who's been, you know, made it to the ECHL or something or, or played in college. This is a guy who... Who's had major health issues in his life with a kidney transplant? He's 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 a year younger than me. You know, uh, that's insane to me. Like there aren't yeah. many players in the NHL who are as old as this guy who they're bringing in to play the most important position. So yeah, I have uh, I have stress dreams all the time that a lot of the times are hockey related, where I just. You know when you begin a dream and you don't know have any context for it, what it, but I'm on the ice in an NHL game with the same exact skill that I have right now, and there's people going past, and the coaches are just like, you know what, whatever, man, just do your thing, and I just feel so out of place. I imagine that's probably exactly what David Ayers is going through, except the fact that you know he plays goalie and everything like but that. But not now. against any – I mean, it's a whole di- – look. Sure. But I, that, I can go in a batting cage yeah. and hit an 85-mile-an-hour fastball, right, an accident – once maybe, but if I'm standing in a batter's box against a major league pitcher, I don't have a prayer. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think <laughs> and that I, we're also missing the point that the Toronto Maple Leafs had a very, very, very clear shot because I mean they were at one point the game was five to four, like they're only losing by a goal. They ended up maybe it was uh, four to three or I mean, something. The like Hurricanes that, had they, a pretty big yeah, lead when that all this happened. Yeah, and they, the but they scored two goals on errors like really quick right away, and they still couldn't. Get the puck past a. Now know, they're that, yeah, exactly. Now they're, now they're, they're st- and their league wants to change the rules. I, I think that might also speak to the, the defense of Carolina Hurricanes. I think they lost uh, Pesci in that game too. Um, but I mean, the, they the Toronto Maple Leafs had a clear shot to be able to uh, solidify their standings a little bit, and I I think this is again something that is just so out of left field, right? You can't plan for an injury, right? Because how many teams in the past uh, have said like, oh, well, what if? What if we had our, our star player that didn't get injured? Right. What you if don't, we you didn't can't have pl- this, you don't right? Pl- you don't plan. It doesn't work like that. You yeah, don't exactly. plan for that. So like, just- I, I just don't understand what exactly more that you're going to be able to do on that unless the, their ideas are rather than have an amateur that I 
believe that because I believe that they don't get paid. They have to get signed to an amateur tryout comp- contract where they don't get any money received or anything like that. Like unless you're getting someone on retainer that has either NHL experience or college experience or something like that. I don't know what the difference would be. And also, well, my, how many people do you think uh, this week? have been paying attention to hockey because of this story. I'm sure well, it's a I, lot more than usual. Yeah, I mean, how, but how many, once that story dies down, how many of them are going to stick around until it happens again? I mean, it, it, like I said, it's a great, great story. I just, my, my and, and it's a, my curiosity, you know, always gets the best of me anyway. And I, you know, and it's a legitimate question that I'm, I'm working on a kind of a little bit of a teaser. I'm, I'm going to be working on a story that kind of explains how all this works and using a real life example of, you know, how somebody gets in this position, why they're, you know, how, what's all involved, what are the rules? Um, but what I'm, I'm going to go back to what I, what I said earlier is you know, these guys are, I know that goalie is a specialty position, but you would think that somebody on every NHL roster at some point in their lives have played goalie. Like, and you would think that it, a professional, a finely tuned professional athlete would, you know, I mean, a defenseman would be a great, like defensemen sometimes have to play goalie, you know? Um, so you're saying you'd want one of the healthy scratches in the press box or something like or that. You to play, or you play, or you have pull defensemen, play with five defensemen, you know, and, and, and I'd rather be handicapped in that way than using somebody who like, I'd love plays to in a see, beer league I'd, on I'd Thursday love night. To see Ryan Ellis play goal. That would be awesome. He, he might, yeah, he might, he might not fit the stature of today's everyday <laughs> goalies, but yeah. you never know. I mean, he could be, you know, Rocco's pretty flexible and smallest guy in the team. You know, you never know. But I mean, I, obviously, equipment is an issue because you know how you have to have pads. Like goalies are very particular about their pads and, and all that. But you know, in, in that kind of situation, to me, is like I almost rather have Matthias Ekholm standing out there with his stick in front of the goal than have somebody who is not. And that, and that takes the fun out of it because it's such an anomaly. Yeah. But when, with the playoff races, the way they are and what, and, and what it means, like, you know, the Predators a few years ago were, were, were the last team in the playoffs and went to the Stanley Cup. Can you imagine missing? And I know it's an extreme example, but can you imagine, you know, if the Predators were to fall two points short of the playoff spot that year? I mean, of course they'd never know what they were missing, but the point is now everybody's so close in the standings and it's so, you know, every single point matters and all those cliches to just have your fate kind of perhaps rest on that as a franchise. I don't know if I'd be in love with that. Um, I'd be in love with the story, but not in love with the the consequence, the potential consequences. I am in favor of anything and everything e-bug. And again, it's just such a rare thing that I don't really know how you're going to change a bunch of rules just for the off chance that something like that might happen. Right. Right. That. And I, and I get that. Um, yeah. move, let's move on to, sure. to the, your currently playoff bound Nashville predators. Um, something that we haven't been able to say for three and a half months. And either, I think they're nine, four and one. And, and they got a pretty tough stretch of games coming up they, right now. They do. And, and, and you know what, here's why I think that's a good thing, John, the predators all season have played, in my estimation, in my is my expert analysis is that they've played up or down to their competition. When when they they've swept the Blues, they're four and zero against the defending Stanley Cup champs, who are you know favorites to to at least one of the favorites to win it again. Um, but then you know you see them play stinkers against teams like Vancouver or Ottawa or you know Chicago, um, and it, it makes you wonder. You know, kind of where the, the the roller coaster of emotions. There's been a lot of talk about mental fortitude, for, and, and we'll hear about that in a moment from John from John Hines about that. But the the Predators, to me, with the underachieving, underperforming 
talent that they have on that roster, Ryan Johansson, Victor Arvidsson, Peter Forsberg, Philip Forsberg, Peter Forsberg, Philip Forsberg, old school predator, Matt Duchesne. There are four guys. There's a lot of money tied up in those four guys, and they have. Let's be quite honest. They've had pretty awful seasons uh, by their standards. Now, on the flip side of that, if those guys can, if if the pred- their penalty kill is awful, I realize there's other problems. We don't have time to get into all of them, but. My contention has always been, has long been this season. If their best players can play like their best players, and they continue getting the productions out of the Beninos and the Grimaldis and 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 and, the, and this Craig Smiths, they're going to be a, and, and their goaltending stands up. They're going to be a very 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 dangerous playoff team. I think they fare better against teams that they feel like are or not they feel like that are better than them, or, or at least on paper. Uh, they get. Up, I don't know if they get up for those games. I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know what it is. But if the Predators make the playoffs, I, I do think that they just like in seventeen. You know, it's a little bit different circumstance. But I think that they are a. They're a team that the top teams don't want to play because they have the because the Predators should be a top team. To be quite honest with you. Yeah, they're absolutely. Not. So getting in will be key if if the Predators. But I also don't think it's the end of the world if they don't because I think what's important. This season is that John Hines comes in, establishes a culture, establishes an identity, um, understands his roster, learns his players, has all summer to work on it, think about it, tinker with it, toy with it. You got training camp. He has a full clean slate going into next year. And look, this guy's not been afraid to sit Ryan Johansson or Victor Arvidsson or Forsberg or Duchesne and play. You know who? Do you know who leads the team in minutes forward wise since since John Hines has taken over? I'm going to guess Rocco Grimaldi. No, not Rocco Grimaldi, but it's Mikel Granlin mm. of all people who struggled the most under Peter Lavillette. You know who's the second most more among forwards with minutes played since Hines has been here? Kyle Turris. Funny so how that works. These two guys, and this is not a reflection of Peter as much as a reflection of John, not being afraid to. Say, hey, Ryan, you know, I don't like the way you're playing. You're playing 10 minutes tonight. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not – John You know, John said a few weeks ago, I don't have a doghouse. I just look at how players are playing, and I base playing time off of that. Now, look, Kyle Turris and Grandler are playing on the power play and penalty kill a lot more. He switched up – you know, the personnel has changed on those units a lot. It hasn't made a lot of difference. I mean, their penalty kill is still killing them. Mm-hmm. They also were last in the power play in the league last year and still made the playoffs somehow. So you can overcome those things, but – you look at the it's still it's befuddling when you look at the talent on the roster and you say, man, like those four guys that I just talked about are having bad seasons, and this team is still in playoff contention. Yeah, and I mean, and you're right, and I think that's indicative to how well the roster is constructed. Uh, I mean, you can look the guys that should be doing well aren't doing well, right? And you mentioned about how if they miss the playoffs, it's not the worst thing, and I think that speaks to well, I mean, like you look at the core of this team. And just about everybody is coming back. You know, obviously, like Mikel Granlin, we don't know whether he's going to be Craig back Smith or not. Will be not. Those, Craig Smith, you know, those Nick are the two Benino. big unrestricted right, free agents. Right, but those are that, those are guys that uh, are like while good players can can be replaced, right? right? Either through free agency or whatever else you've got going on. But the big players, like your Forsbergs, your Duchesnes, your Johansons, your Arvidsons, all those guys are locked up long term. Same with the defense too. John, I'm going to say this too. Like, hey, if the Predators do just fall off the cliff, this you know. With the rest of the season and don't make it, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Johansson or an Arvidsson or, or or a player of that caliber dealt. I don't think they'll deal Duchesne because they just signed him. But 
I wouldn't put it pet because look, David Poyle didn't do anything well, to trade I, I, I was, So I want, I want to get your opinion on this. So uh, David Poyle's not getting any younger. He's been in the league for what forty, 40 years, years, something like that. Never won a Stanley. Never Cup. won a Stanley Cup. He's uh, he, he's two. Uh, actually, well, really, only one of his teams. If you want to say the '98 Capitals were part, of, sort of constructed by his, I could buy that argument. George McPhee, who came in after them, made a, a couple of trades that year, but largely that Seven, roster was seventeen was Poyle's one chance, exactly. legitimate chance at it so far, where he was directly like you know he was here for it and, and and all that and i think that so the coaching change i think gets into that a that little was, bit of it. it's like was, losing some patience in that john so that was it that was the move yeah and that do was you the think move. that he could say okay the we underachieved this year you know we're, we ended the season five points out of a playoff spot or two points out of a playoff spot or whatever you think that that would mean mean like maybe an arvinson or johansson might not be on the roster for 2020 2021 i do think that i think that and i think that's a lot of that's based on you know the 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 performance you look past performance is great but it doesn't matter now what only way it matters now is people are comparing now to then right yeah. and looking and saying what happened to Victor Arvidsson well, I think you know look I don't have the answer he looks a little slower to me he's gotten hurt a lot in the yeah. last two years so I think he was pretty he was buoyed by a pretty high shooting percentage the he, past couple of years too yeah he was and 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 you look at you know look Matt Duchesne started off he has the Kyle Turris syndrome. Kyle mm-hmm. Turris got here and lit the world on fire, and then all of a sudden, where'd he go? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Predators want to avoid that happening with with, with Matt Duchesne, I think. Uh, I would guess, and I would hope. But David Poyle is not... David Poyle, no, look, David Poyle, the move was to, to fire the coach. And I, don't, and I think, you know, the trade deadline, what were they going to do? Were they going to sell low, you know, and, and on a Granlin or a Smith... <clears throat> and maybe not so much on Smith, but on Granlin, I think you know he just started. He just started coming around. He struggled horribly since he's since he's arrived in Nashville. And so, do you sell low on a guy like him, or do you sell low on a Johansson at the trade? You know, these guys are having bad years. Now is not the time to trade them. No, a draft would be the way to do that. I don't think you trade a player like that during the trade deadline, especially for what you saw the prices going for. Uh, I mean, they would be lucky to get maybe a if someone really wanted to overpay, overpay for Granlin or Smith, maybe they could have gotten a second round pick. Maybe, maybe. But I right. think you're looking at like a third round, fourth round pick, something like that. And, and there's not prospect. anything in Milwaukee that's you know that's knocking at the door saying, "All right, I'm going to come in and take over for a player of that caliber." Mm-hmm. But I do think that you have you have a, if you look at like a like a Duchesne and a Turris and a, look at their centers, they're all the same. Like they're all guys who. You know they should score more, but they don't, and and they should be better playmakers, but they're not. And then you're just, big bodies that don't really play physical, right? I mean, you you have that issue, right? So you can't have. I, I don't think Poyle. He's shown his, he's becoming a little bit more impatient by firing a coach for the first time in, in the middle of a season for the first time in twenty five years. He hasn't done it for twenty five years. Yeah. Um, you know, I th- and I think even if the Predators wanted to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline i don't know how they could have been i don't know what they have to offer to get a player that's going to make a difference and push this there's not one player there wasn't one player out there on the market who was going to the predators were going to get and it was like all right we got this guy now we're going now now our fate is sealed we're going to the playoffs and it's going to make this big difference because that wasn't going to happen right there what what the, the best option the best deal for the predators would be again for Ryan Johansson to play like a nine million dollar, eight million dollar year player, for for you know Matthew Shane to play like an eight million dollar year player, and I mean also don't forget they got Ryan Ellis back, and that seems so far to have given them cliche. a little bit of a, of a boost. You know, it, it is. It's a huge look. Their their defense has been. I mean, they're playing Yannick Weber 
top pairing minutes with Roman Yossi, and I'm not, and that's not a rip on. But Yannick Weber is not a top pair defenseman. He's not. Yeah, no. he's a healthy scratch every other game. Yeah. that's what he is, and, and and that's what his role is. And you know that's fine. But when you when you have to elevate those guys into role, and then and, you know they've got they've got Ekholm playing on on his on his offside now because mm-hmm. they have they're playing Tenorti for some reason all these minutes. Um, a big body, I guess. But what a mess beyond Roman Yossi yeah. on that defense without Ryan Ellis and Ryan Ellis. What hurts even more, it makes you wonder, you know, I'm not big on what ifs, but I mean, Ryan also was having a career year before he got injured. Yeah. And so you wonder like, hey, that's one guy who could have made a difference. Like you say, you get him back around the trade deadline. It's like getting, it's like making a trade because you, you, they haven't had him for 20 games. Yeah. And that, of course, that's a the a hockey cliche and all that other stuff. But I mean, when you but look it's at, true. yeah. And of course, also looking at, you know, how respected Ryan Ellis is in the room and like what he means to the team and the fact that, you know, he was almost captain of this team as well. It was just basically a uh, an edge over ro- whether Roman Yossi or him was going to be. I mean, I think that that matters a whole lot. And especially in a time of the season where you look at the standings it's crunch time and you realize, okay, we actually have to start playing up to our capabilities if we want to get to the playoffs. Because I mean, I don't know what the mentality of the team in the room is, but I mean, they're professional athletes. You a lot feel better like, now. A lot yeah, better now. And you feel like they want to make the playoffs and want to be successful because if, if they don't, then obviously that's their own problem and they should just do wholesale changes all the way. But yeah, well, I think getting a player like Ellis's caliber and like someone who's respected in the room like that really matters. Speaking of standings, I uh, had a chance to, to ask John Hines a little bit about what he, th- what his goals are, and do they change now that the Predators are back in the playoff hunt? Yeah, really excited for it. I mean, uh, they're playing some good hockey. We're playing good hockey, so uh, it's exciting to see what you want to be able to, to the type of games you want to be able to play in, and it's, it's exciting to, to prepare for it, and it's more exciting to be able to compete than tonight. So we're looking forward to it. It wasn't too long ago that we were in Calgary, saw these guys, things fluctuate, but what sticks out about them, and how does your club match up to them? Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, I thought that they played a good game against us in Calgary. Uh, you know, it was a one-goal game, and we were the team that found a way to win it. But, you know, they're a good team. They're, they're, they have a lot of offensive skill. They're working hard. Uh, they're playing pretty strong defensively. They have a couple additions to their team. So, you know, they, uh, they, they present a lot of challenges. But for us, it's, it's understanding what their strengths are, but also making sure that we're getting to our identity and maximizing our performance and getting to our game. John, when you took over, obviously things were a little bit in disarray. And we, talk, we talked earlier about goals, and you said you really didn't have, you know, everybody wants to win the cup. But does it become, do those change our goals? Obviously, now you're in a playoff spot. Does it become a little bit more ratcheted up, or is it still the same as when you got here? Just no, no, it's 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 still the same. I think you know the point of the regular season is is to is to put yourself in position and earn the right to be able to compete for the cup. We haven't accomplished that yet, and we won't accomplish that until after the regular season is over to see if we were able to do that or not. So, you know, my perspective and, and even with the team is I, I, I'm just a big believer in, in making sure that you're taking care of the present and you can't worry about the future and. Um, you know, you're aware of it, but but the but the focus is on that, and not get too high because we're in a wild card spot yesterday and today, and who knows what's going to happen tonight? Maybe you're in one tonight, or maybe you're not in one. But uh, this is a this is going to be a great game to play, and it's going to be extremely competitive. We want to we want to be at our competitive best, and we want to find a way to get two points. And you know, there's going to be an end result after tonight's game, and it's either going to be it can't be too positive, and it can't be too negative. It's 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 one of 20 left. And they're all as equally important. So we got to make sure that we're just prepared and focused on tonight. With your, with the games that you have under your belt here, do you feel like when you came in, do you feel from then to now that you've kind of accomplished 
what you wanted to accomplish to this point, I mean, in terms of seeing things in small segments, are you pleased with the progress that's been made since you've been here? Well, there's there's been progress, but I'd say you always want more. You know, we're, we're far from a finished product. I think we're far from, from um, you know, the, the team we can we can be. And, and um, we've made some progress. We've remained competitive. But we, I, I think we still have to continue to improve and strive to improve. I still think there's more from our team, whether it's structurally, effort-wise, competitive-wise, individual-wise. Special teams got to be better. You know, we, there's, there's things that we've done enough to be a very competitive team and stay in the mix. But, you know, I think um, we got we got to push forward. We have to get better uh, over the next six weeks. We got to try to get better every game and every day and see if we can get ourselves the opportunity to be where we want to be at the end of the year. But right now, the focus is on today and then consistently improving. So you got you see, I understand what what Hines is saying here. Like you know, his his goals when he got here remain the same. Like and it's another cliche, but they they think in terms of right now. They don't think of yesterday. They don't think of tomorrow. But he made a very good point. This is a roller coaster we can't afford to get on. Uh, sure, they look at the standings every day and they're aware of where they are. But they also understand they're going to lose some games. They also understand that everything's going to go their way. But to remain kind of on this straight line and not get too high when you get to go on a three-game winning streak or not get too low when you you know maybe lost the game you should have won, um, that's that's what he's talking about with the mentality and the mental fortitude, which he's been preaching about since since he since he arrived. Um, that's going to be the key. And like I said, I, I asked him earlier this season, like when you came in here, like you came in here and obviously, and he said it himself, like when a coach gets hired in the middle of the season, obviously there was a problem and there's a reason why somebody knew was coming in. Um, but I asked him about goals. I said, do you, when you come in, what kind of goals do you set? Is it playoffs or bus? Is it, you know, when you're, when you come in under those circumstances and he, he said something interesting that we don't really have those kinds of, sure. We want to make the playoffs, but that's not our long, our long-term goal is to, like I said, get the culture, right. Get the, get the mentality, right. And, and if we do those things, then the rest should take care of itself eventually. And I've said all along, not the end of the world if the pre- look. John Hines isn't going anywhere for a couple of years unless something drastic happens that's not hockey related. Um, but so this is an important time, a crucial time for the Predators because it's a time. To, look, all these guys have been used to playing for Peter for so long. And it's, I kind of imagine it's kind of a little bit like that when, you know, when Barry left mm. and some of these guys who've been here forever are just like, oh my gosh, this is all we know. Yeah. And of course they had the summer and training camp and stuff like that to get used to that. Whereas you don't have that luxury in the middle of the season. Right. And I look at that, I look at it and, and from this perspective, they don't have that luxury, but it's also an advantage because now they have an extra half a season with the guy and mm-hmm. actually, and they're not going in having never played, you know, for the him and, and, and they're going to play half a season for this guy. And, and there can be a lot gained during that half a season as opposed to going into camp and trying to learn everything brand new and, and studying. All, you know, these guys are all going to know the system. They're all going to know. And that was the thing with Ryan Ellis when he came back. You know, when he was injured, Laviolette was still the head coach. And when he came back, he has a new head coach. And you can go to all the meetings you want, which he did, and study all you want, which he did. But until you get out there and play, you know, he, Ryan said himself, like, it was a struggle, like to to go out there and you know, all these little adjustments that were made, um, you know, and, and learning that. And I'm still learning. He's still going to learn that. And also on top of that, you talk about, you know, the old cliche about getting guys back and at the trade deadline, and you know, it's like making a trade. You also have to understand too that it takes guys some time to get get back up to speed when they've been out for that long. Mm-hmm. Like the NHL is a fast moving game, yeah. And so you 
only after, you know, some guys can adjust and adapt in two or three games. Some guys it takes five, 10 games. Well, the Predators don't have the luxury of time. So it's, it's, it's imperative that hopefully for their, hopefully for their sake that he can get back to as close to full go as he was when he was hurt because that's only going to be advantageous for the Predators. Yeah, especially so they have um, a string of games coming up where they're pretty much playing against people in their division that they're directly competing against um, or trying to get up. Lots of ground to be gained or lost. Exactly, right? So Because I don't know necessarily if uh, they're going to be able to catch the Stars or the... Uh, avalanche or the uh, or the blues up there but right uh, it doesn't matter it doesn't, what they do right they, they just want to be in playoff position by the time that the playoffs or by the time that the playoffs start and given that the way that the west is right now the people around the area where they're at calgary the jets Coyotes, Arizona, Vancouver, right. none of those play- teams seem like they want to grab hold of the spots that they're in. Uh, so they have a lot of uh, – basically, I feel like the next five to seven games, in my opinion, are make or break for the season. Well, if they we- win most of those games – and they're going to lose some of them most likely. But if they win more of those games than they lose, I think that that puts them in fantastic position to go finish the season on a, a strong note, especially given the amount that it still feels like they have 20 games in hand like they've had all season. Yeah, which is crazy to me, and that's a whole other issue. How do you have that many games in hand at the regu- end of a, you know, this point in a regular season? But here's the thing that – and I always, I always joke around that every game counts the same in the standings, but really – you know they don't because these are all four point games that they're playing. You know against these people, these teams that are close to them in the race. I mean, it's every game is a four point swing if it does. You know, assuming it doesn't go to overtime, um, potentially a four four point swing, and that is huge. You know, you go on a little three game win streak in regulation, you're talking that that's that's a twelve point swing. That's not a six point swing, mm. and so and it and also goes the other way too. So that's why I think you know I'm not real great at math, but um, you, you know, you look at and ask John too about that. You're getting caught up in how many points we need or who we're playing, or like they can't. You just want to win the games. Like that's they're they're do. playing Calgary Thursday night. Like they that's all that they. Like and, they, and professional athletes are great at compartmentalizing. Most of them are great at compartmentalizing things, and it's important to do that. Because if you don't, if you start getting ahead of yourself, you start getting behind. You know, like and so this team. Look, they have the talent on paper. You, you, you know, they've shown glimpses. You know, they're going to need their goalies. They went through a stretch where the goalies didn't play real well. Um, they are going to need to come together at the right time, much like they did in seventeen. You know, I'm not saying they're going to make another run at the cup, but this team, if if, if some of those guys somehow start waking up, um, there is plenty of time left for them to still be make some noise. And again, even if they don't. You know, this season to me is just kind of like extra credit, you know, and, and if because I I think largely you'll see the same roster. I think you might see a big name move over the summer if, if, if things go south. But, you know, that's just I don't look if they if you took Brock, I mean, Rocco Grimaldi, who just signed a contract extension, is one of your team's best players. And, and this is a compliment to Rocco, like. That shouldn't be the case sure. with this roster. Yeah. Like if, if if Rocco Grimaldi, Nick Benino, and Craig Smith are your best players, and you have these other guys named Victor Arvidsson and Forsberg and Duchesne, and uh, that's a problem. Uh, that's a big problem, you know. And so, 
if the Predators can, you know, if those guys can figure it out. I'm not placing all the blame on those four guys, but look. But, I mean, they make a lot of money. That's what I was about to say. It's like maybe not all of the blame goes to them, but, I mean, they knew that when they were signing those contracts and when they were taking control of that team, that when the team's not doing well and they're not doing well, they're going to shoulder a lot of that responsibility for yeah, it. That's I just mean, the way the professional sports goes, fairly really, or look, wrong. Roman Yossi can't do everything himself. Like, you know, he, you know, he he's you know their best defenseman he's a Norris Trophy candidate and he also is their leading scorer well that shouldn't be the case when you have these other names on yeah, the it sounds like the Predators of like 2010-2011 having their defenseman being their leading scorer but uh, well we're gonna we're gonna I think wrap this one up for now I gotta get out to Bridgestone and catch another important game they're all important this time of the time of the year but i want to thank john for filling in and i'll be back next week mm-hmm. that'll do it for this edition of the catfish corner we hope you'll subscribe to the tennessean.com if you haven't already and if you haven't why not we run specials all the time you should check them out i tweet them out all the time remember to subscribe to this podcast on itunes google play or wherever you get your podcast i downloaded some really cool podcast app but I don't remember what it's called. But I use Castro. Castro. Uh, other than the, uh, uh, there's a podcast I listen to that's exclusively on Spotify that I use for that. Uh, but Castro is nice because you've got a nice podcatcher, so you can it organizes your podcast before it throws you into your playlist. So you could say yes, I want to listen to that one. Yes, I want to listen to that one. No, I don't want to listen to that one because I subscribe to too many podcasts. And it's hard to keep them keep I, track. I recently, John, I recently started listening to podcasts, and I downloaded this app amazingly called. The podcast app, mm. which I do subscribe to the Catfish Corner on that, yeah. and um, listen to my long drives, listen to on my long drives home. But anyway, um, you should subscribe, subscribe wherever wherever it is you get your podcast. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. And for John, I'm still Paul, and we will talk to you next time. Later.